0: chapter 27 of the scarlet pimpernel this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox.org recording by tiffany pincombe the scarlet pimpernel by baroness emma orcsey chapter 27 never for a moment did marguerite blakeney hesitate The last sounds outside the Shah Gris had died away in the night. She had heard Degas giving orders to his men and then starting off towards the fort to get a reinforcement of a dozen more men. Six were not thought sufficient to capture the cunning Englishman, whose resourceful brain was even more dangerous than his valor and his strength. Then a few minutes later she heard the Jew's husky voice again, evidently shouting to his nag, then the rumble of wheels and noise of a rickety cart bumping over the rough road. Inside the inn, everything was still. Brogard and his wife, terrified of Chauvelin, had given no sign of life. They hoped to be forgotten, and at any rate to remain unperceived. Marguerite could not even hear their usual volleys of muttered oaths. She waited a moment or two longer, then she quietly slipped down the broken stairs, wrapped her dark cloak closely round her, and slipped out of the inn. The night was fairly dark, sufficiently so at any rate to hide her dark figure from view, whilst her keen ears kept count of the sound of the cart going on ahead. She hoped by keeping well within the shadow of the ditches which lined the road that she would not be seen by Degas's men when they approached, or by the patrols which she concluded were still on duty. Thus she started to do this, the last stage of her weary journey, alone, at night, and on foot. Nearly three leagues to Miquelon, and then on to Père Blanchard's hut, wherever that fatal spot might be, probably over rough roads, she cared not. The Jew's nag could not get on very fast, and though she was weary with mental fatigue and nerve strain, she knew that she could easily keep up with it on a hilly road where the poor beast, who was sure to be half-starved, would have to be allowed long and frequent rests. The road lay some distance from the sea, bordered on either side by shrubs and stunted trees, sparsely covered with meagre foliage, all turning away from the north, with their branches looking in the semi-darkness like stiff, ghostly hair, blown by a perpetual wind. Fortunately, the moon showed no desire to peep between the clouds, and Marguerite hugging the edge of the road and keeping close to the lone line of shrubs was fairly safe from view. Everything around her was so still only from far very far away there came like a long soft moan the sound of the distant sea the air was keen and full of brine after that enforced period of inactivity inside the evil-smelling squalid inn Marguerite would have enjoyed the sweet scent of this autumnal night, and the distant melancholy rumble of the waves. She would have reveled in the calm and stillness of this lonely spot, a calm broken only at intervals by the strident and mournful cry of some distant gull, and by the creaking of the wheels some way down the road. She would have loved the cool atmosphere, the peaceful immensity of nature, in this lonely part of the coast, but her heart was too full of cruel foreboding, of a great ache and longing for a being who had become infinitely dear to her. Her feet slipped on the grassy bank for she thought it safest not to walk near the centre of the road and she found it difficult to keep up a sharp pace along the muddy incline she even thought it best not to keep too near to the cart everything was so still that the rumble of the wheels could not fail to be a safe guide the loneliness was absolute already the few dim lights of calais lay far behind and on this road there was not a sign of human habitation not even the hut of a fisherman or of a woodcutter anywhere near far away on her right was the edge of the cliff below it the rough beach against which the incoming tide was dashing itself with its constant distant murmur and ahead the rumble of the wheels bearing an implacable enemy to his triumph marguerite wondered at what particular spot on this lonely coast percy could be at this moment not very far surely for he had had less than a quarter of an hour's start of chauvelin she wondered if he knew that in this cool ocean-scented bit of france there looked many spies all eager to sight his tall figure to track him to where his unsuspecting friends waited for him and then to close the net over him and them chauvelin on ahead jolted and jostled in the jew's vehicle was nursing comfortable thoughts he rubbed his hands together with content as he thought of the web which he had woven and through which that ubiquitous and daring englishman could not hope to escape As the time went on, and the old Jew drove him leisurely but surely along the dark road, he felt more and more eager for the grand finale of this exciting chase after the mysterious Scarlet Pimpernel. The capture of the audacious plotter would be the finest leaf in Citoyen Sauvelin's wreath of glory. Caught red-handed on the spot, in the very act of aiding and abetting the traitors against the Republic of France, the Englishman could claim no protection from his own country. Chauvelin had, in any case, fully made up his mind that all intervention should come too late." Never for a moment did the slightest remorse enter his heart as to the terrible position in which he had placed the unfortunate wife, who had unconsciously betrayed her husband. As a matter of fact, Chauvelin had ceased even to think of her. She had been a useful tool, that was all. The Jew's lean nag did little more than walk. She was going along at a slow jog-trot, and her driver had to give her long and frequent halts.
1: "'Are we a long way yet from Miquelon?'
0: asked Chauvelin from time to time.
1: "'Not very far. Your Honor
0: was the uniform placid reply
1: we have not yet come across your friend and mine lying in a heap in the roadway
0: was chauvelin's sarcastic comment
1: patience noble excellency
0: rejoined the son of moses
1: they are ahead of us i can see the imprint of the cart-wheels driven by that traitor that son of the amalekite you are sure of the road as sure as i am of the presence of those ten gold pieces in the noble excellency's pocket which i trust will presently be mine as soon as i have shaken hands with my friend the tall stranger they will certainly be yours
0: hark what was that said the jew suddenly through the stillness which had been absolute there could now be heard distinctly the sound of horses hoofs on the muddy road "'They are soldiers,' he added in an awed whisper.
1: "'Stop a moment. I want to hear,'
0: said Chauvelin. Marguerite had also heard the sound of galloping hoofs coming towards the cart and towards herself. For some time she had been on the alert, thinking that Degas and his squad would soon overtake them, but these came from the opposite direction, presumably from Miquelon. The darkness lent her sufficient cover. She had perceived that the cart had stopped, and with utmost caution, treading noiselessly on the soft road, she crept a little nearer. Her heart was beating fast, she was trembling in every limb. Already she had guessed what news these mounted men would bring. Every stranger on these roads or on the beach must be shadowed, especially if he be tall or stoops as if he would disguise his height. When sighted, a mountain messenger must at once ride back and report. Those had been Chauvelin's orders. Had then the tall stranger been sighted, and was this the mounted messenger, come to bring the great news, that the hunted hare had run its head into the noose at last?' Marguerite, realising that the cart had come to a standstill, managed to slip nearer to it in the darkness. She crept close up, hoping to get within earshot to hear what the messenger had to say. She heard the quirk words of challenge, Liberté, fraternité, égalité, then Chauvelin's quick query,
1: What news?
0: Two men on horseback had halted beside the vehicle. Marguerite could see them silhouetted against the midnight sky. She could hear their voices and the snorting of their horses, and now behind her some little distance off the regular and measured tread of a body of advancing men, and his soldiers there had been a long pause during which no doubt chauvelin satisfied the men as to his identity for presently the questions and answers followed each other in quick succession
1: you have seen the stranger
0: asked chauvelin eagerly no citoyenne we have seen no tall stranger we came by the edge of
2: the cliff then less than a quarter of a league beyond Miquelon, we came across a rough construction of wood which looked like the hut of a fisherman where he might keep his tools and nets when we first sighted it it seemed to be empty and at first we thought there was nothing suspicious about until we saw some smoke issuing through an aperture at the side i dismounted and crept close to it it was then empty but in one corner of the hut there was a charcoal fire and a couple of stools were also in the hut i consulted with my comrades and we decided that they should take cover with the horses well out of sight and that i should remain on watch which i did well and did you see anything about half an hour later i heard voices citoyen, and presently two men came along towards the edge of the cliff they seemed to have come from the lee road one was young the other quite old they were talking in a whisper to one another and i could not hear what they were saying
0: one was young and the other quite old marguerite's aching heart almost stopped beating as she listened was the young one armand her brother and the old one de tournay were they the two fugitives who unconsciously were used as a decoy to entrap their fearless and noble rescuer the two men presently went into the hut continued the soldier whilst marguerite's aching nerves seemed to catch the sound of chauvelin's triumphant chuckle
2: and I crept nearer to it then. The hut is very roughly built, and I caught snatches of their conversation.
1: Yes, quick, what did you hear?"
2: The old man asked the young one if he were sure that was the right place. Oh, yes, he replied, "'tis the place sure enough." And by the light of the charcoal fire he showed to his companion a paper which he carried. Here is the plan, he said, which he gave me before I left London. We were to adhere strictly to that plan unless I had contrary orders, and I have had none. Here is the road we followed, see, here is the fork here we cut across the st martin road and here is the footpath which brought us to the edge of the cliff i must have made a slight noise then for the young man came to the door of the hut and peered anxiously all around him when he again joined his companion they whispered so low that i could no longer hear them
1: well and
2: asked chauvelin impatiently there were six of us altogether patrolling that part of the beach so we consulted together and thought it best that four should remain behind and keep the hut in sight and i and my comrade rode back at once to make report of what we had seen
1: you saw nothing
2: of the tall stranger nothing citoyen.
1: if your comrades see him what would
2: they do not lose sight of him for a moment and if he showed signs of escape or any boat came in sight they would close in on him and if necessary they would shoot the firing would bring the rest of the patrol to the spot in any case they would not let the stranger go
1: ay but i did not want the stranger hurt not just yet
0: murmured chauvelin savagely
1: but there you've done your best the fate grant that i may not be too late
2: we met half a dozen men just now who have been patrolling this road for several hours well they have seen no stranger either
1: get his on ahead somewhere in a cart or else here there is not a moment to lose how far is that hut from here
2: about a couple of leagues citoyen
1: you can find it again at once without hesitation
2: i have absolutely no doubt citoyen
1: the footpath to the edge of the cliff even in the dark
2: it is not a dark night citoyen and i know i can find my way repeated the soldier firmly
1: fall in behind then let your comrade take both your horses back to calais you won't want them keep beside the cart and direct the jew to drive straight ahead and then stop him within a quarter of a league of the footpath see that he takes the most direct road
0: While Chauvelin spoke, Degas and his men were fast approaching, and Marguerite could hear their footsteps within a hundred yards behind her now. She thought it unsafe to stay where she was, and unnecessary, too, as she had heard enough. She seemed suddenly to have lost all faculty even for suffering. Her heart, her nerves, her brain seemed to have become numb after all these hours of ceaseless anguish, culminating in this awful despair. For now there was absolutely not the faintest hope— within two short leagues of this spot the fugitives were waiting for their brave deliverer he was on his way somewhere on this lonely road and presently he would join them then the well-laid trap would close two dozen men led by one whose hatred was as deadly as his cunning was malicious would close round the small band of fugitives and their daring leader they would all be captured Armand, according to Chauvelin's pledged word, would be restored to her, but her husband Percy, whom with every breath she drew she seemed to love and worship more and more, he would fall into the hands of a remorseless enemy, who had no pity for a brave heart, no admiration for the courage of a noble soul, who would show nothing but hatred for the cunning antagonist who had baffled him for so long. She heard the soldier giving a few brief directions to the Jew, then she retired quickly to the edge of the road, and cowered behind some low shrubs, whilst Degas and his men came up. All fell in noiselessly behind the cart, and slowly they all started down the dark road. Marguerite waited until she reckoned they were well outside the range of earshot, then she, too, in the darkness, which suddenly seemed to have become more intense, crept noiselessly along. End of chapter 27